Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, the 5th of December, 2020. Have you ever had somebody knock on your door or ring your doorbell and then try to sell you something and make you an offer that you instantly just think, this sounds too good to be true? Well, I hate to break it to you, but if it sounds too good to be true in that context, it probably is. And if you are like me when you're watching commercials or you're hearing sales pitches and the word free gets brought up or different things like that, you start naturally being a little bit skeptical. You're saying there's got to be a catch somewhere. There's got to be something I'm not understanding that really makes this uh, not as good as it seems as it's being presented. And unfortunately, most of the time, that is true. But I think it's even more unfortunate when we take that mindset and start applying it to things that Jesus says, and we start becoming skeptical about that, and we start um, thinking that what Jesus is saying is too good to be true. And I want to talk about one of those verses today in John chapter 14. So the context again for John chapter 14 is the Last Supper. Now, actually, Judas has left. It's just Jesus and the 11, and he's talking to them. He's encouraging them to be at peace, to not let their hearts be troubled. He's reminding them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's reminding them of all that they have access to in him, that they're going to do greater works than he does. And it all lands, our reading today ends in verse 14, where Jesus says this amazing statement. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Now, unfortunately, many times when we hear that, we instantly think that sounds too good to be true. And oftentimes, we instantly jump to something that we once prayed for, probably even something that you cared about very much, that you prayed for, and God did not answer your prayer the way you wanted. He did not say yes to your prayer. And so we take our experience, and we instantly then look at this statement and say, well, that can't possibly be true because of what I experienced. Now, that's where I think as Christians, we need to learn to lean more into Jesus's words and lean a little bit away from our experience. And are there some things about this verse in particular that are hard to explain? Absolutely. Are there some times where we have prayed for something that we thought, man, this, this really seems like it should be God's will, and he did not uh, say yes to that prayer? Yeah, that, that definitely happens. But let's not make the mistake of letting that really cause us to run away from what Jesus is saying in this passage. We want to lean into what Jesus is saying in this passage. We don't want to look for exceptions and actually turn those into the rule and make what Jesus says here the exception. We want to take Jesus's words at face value. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And I want us to even start thinking maybe the reason why this verse uh, 
doesn't seem like a reality to me has more to do with me than it has to do with what Jesus is saying. Uh, maybe uh, there's some user error, right? Have you ever had somebody that you know wasn't good with technology and they keep complaining about how it doesn't work and you're kind of like, mm, I think the technology is not the problem. I think the user might be the problem. Well, I think often that's what's going on even with this verse. It's user error. We are not praying correctly. We are not praying in the name of Jesus. So let me just give you a few encouragements to help you lean into this verse. One, pray more for things that God has told us the answer will be yes, okay? Um, For instance, James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask and ask without doubting. So I think one thing we should really uh, claim the promise of this verse in is, you know what? God, there's a situation and I need wisdom. And Jesus said, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And God, you have said, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask with faith, God, and here I am asking with faith, give me wisdom. And we should pray that prayer with confidence that God will give it to us. That's just an example of one. Hebrews talks about how because of what Jesus has done, we can come and find grace and mercy in the time of need. Are you experiencing a time of need? Then you can say, God, I need your grace. I need your mercy, and you should be able to pray that prayer and know that the answer is yes. And I think we neglect a lot of those prayers in the Christian life. And that, I think, is where we get to some of the user error. We're praying about our hopes and dreams the most instead of praying for the things that God has specifically told us to ask him for, right? How often do our prayers line up with the Lord's prayer? And so that's where maybe another step would be, even as we pray for more specific things, strive to make those things in line with the will of God. Things that you could honestly say, I am praying this in Jesus's name, you know, with his authority. Um, When we think about the requests of the Lord's prayer, hallowed be thy name. When we're praying for God to be glorified, when we're praying, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. When we're praying for people to get saved. Uh, when we're asking for our daily bread, when we're asking for the forgiveness of our sins, when we're asking for protection from temptation, uh, these are things we should be praying more about. And these are things that I think we can have a great level of confidence in. Um, Because I think lots of times we think that this prayer just means anything we want it to mean and anything we ask for. Literally, I remember as a child, uh, my dad reading this verse during Bible time as a as a family. And I said, so does is this mean if I, and I think we lived in Texas at the time, San Antonio, where it almost never snows. And I said, so if I pray for a white Christmas in Jesus's name. Um, does that mean he's going to say yes? My dad to explain, no, that's not what this verse is talking about. And I think a lot of us are a little more sophisticated than I was as a child, but that's really still where we're running with this verse. You know, if I just slap in Jesus name at the end of my prayer, as I pray for that promotion, uh, then I'm going to get it right? No, we want to lean into the promises of God and the direction of God as we pray. And may this be a verse that even inspires us to pray more and in some ways to be more ambitious in our prayers. Seeing, no, this should not make me less uh, 
ambitious in my prayers. This verse, this verse should make me more ambitious, but I want those ambitions to be guided by God and what he has revealed his will to be than merely just my wishes. So let's not lean away from this verse. Let's lean into this verse. And even as you pray today, think about some things that God wants you to pray for, where he's told you to pray for, and you know the answer will be yes. Speaking of prayer and the importance of prayer, we see that today in our reading in Daniel. This today we read Daniel 5 and 6. 5 and 6. Chapter 5 is the handwriting on the wall, and that is where we see the Babylonian Empire get conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And that's something actually that if we go back to the vision, that's something that is fulfilled now um, as the Medes and the Persians take over. And that brings a new king, Darius, and, and we get to the familiar story of Daniel and the lion's den. Well, let's remind ourselves, well, what is at the center of this story? Prayer. Daniel was resolved to pray. And if the king said it wasn't allowed, he was going to pray anyways. And even he wasn't going to submit his prayer just to the private of, you know, he could have closed the window. He could have gone somewhere where nobody was going to see him. But no, he prayed in the same way. And he paid the price for it. He was thrown into the lion's den. But that same God that Daniel was praying to, he, he delivered Daniel. He, God, it says that God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that was something that Daniel prayed for. So one, I think even as we look at that verse in, in John 14, we have to admit we don't pray enough. We're not nearly, without any threats on us praying, we are much less committed to prayer than Daniel was. And that's something that needs to change. But let's remember, we're praying to that same God that Daniel was praying to. We're praying to that same God that uh, shut the mouths of the lion. We're praying to the God who sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. Let's be bold as we go to him and ask for help in the name of Jesus. And another thing we need to remember about God is that he is near. He, he knows us. And that's where we continue with this familiar Psalm, Psalm 139 today. And today we get to some precious verses like verse 13, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And just even that God knows us, God knows us all the way back to our conception. God knew us in the womb. God, there's nowhere that we can go that, that God doesn't know what's going on. I think that should be another encouragement for us to pray today. Well, finally, we get to Revelation chapter 9, and we read about the sixth trumpet, and it is another intense scene of eschatological judgment, where uh, these four angels are released with this army that that, that even can't be counted, and this army um, really of these, it talks about these mounted troops, this this cavalry, it, it sounds terrifying, it says that they were given authority to kill a third of mankind. Uh, That is a lot of people. And so it's another scene where as we think about these future judgments, we realize, wow, that is, that's intense. And it should get us to think that sin is that bad. Um, And God is right in what he does. And we'll see more of that later in the book of Revelation. But what I want you to notice most today is the end, the, the people that aren't killed. Yeah. 
we see how tricky and how deceptive sin can be. Uh, it says the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Wow. Even in the midst of all of this, they still don't repent. That is how deceptive sin can be. So in light of that, let's look at our own lives today and and let us be on the lookout for the deception of sin in our own lives. But let's also pray for those around us that are lost and deceived in sin. Let's pray that God would open up their eyes. Let's pray that they would be spared these judgments that we're seeing in the book of Revelation because they turn from their sin now and put their faith in Christ. And let's pray that prayer in Jesus' name with confidence, knowing that that's something, opportunities to share the gospel, boldness, people getting saved. These are things that we know are God's will. So let's be bold in asking him for these things. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.